Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. We're promoting pathological positivity again at Live on Purpose Radio, and I have a fantastic guest with me. Joining me on the phone today is Rebecca Hintze. Say hello, Rebecca. Hello. Good to be here, Dr. Uh, Paul. So wonderful. thrilled that you're with me today. Now, for our listeners, Rebecca, I want to give a little bit of an introduction. Uh, You are a very accomplished author and leader in, in business and particularly in health and wellness and, may I say, happiness. Is that fair? I would love that because happiness is my favorite word. <laughs> Such a great word. <laughs> you know what? I've been so excited lately to see some of the research that's coming out about happiness. And it's, it's just exciting to see a, a bit of a shift professionally as a psychologist. Um, traditionally, my industry has focused on pathology and what's wrong. And there's been a shift in recent years toward more positivity and happiness and the research that supports that. And I know that you've been a part of that as well. You've published a couple of books. You've got one called Essentially Happy. Uh, where happy is even in the title. That's right. And that's pretty cool. That's three simple answers, natural answers for overcoming depression. Interesting. And But you've got another book that got a lot of traction. Um, in fact, there's a foreword by Stephen R. Covey on this one. It's called Healing Your Family History. And that's five steps to break free of destructive patterns. I think we'll talk about that a little bit today, too. Wonderful. And you've got some other materials and and resources available to people to help them just live a a happier, healthier life. So I'm glad you're here, Rebecca. What, What have I missed in this introduction? What else can you tell us about you and your story? Oh, well, you've um, given giving some great um, words here, and I, I appreciate that. Um, I would just say that I'm, I'm a mom um, and a grandmother, and of all the roles in my life, I think that those have been the ones that are the most significant. Mm-hmm. I'm probably like many of your listeners who have, um, I've grown up in my life <laughs> mm-hmm. into adulthood and um, now bumping over to that middle-aged hump. And mm-hmm. wanting to find happiness and to figure out, um, you know, what are some of the solutions that help people to live on purpose, so tiling in with your show, mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. find joy and happiness in the world around them. And we have so many suffering from depression and mental health issues and having worked now in the field of mental health for over 25 years, I definitely see the need for exactly what you talk about 
in your work and in your book and on your show, and that's Mm -hmm. the need to realign ourselves with this mission of finding joy and happiness and living on purpose and being who we are so that we can make the best of this life. We often look, um, you know, many times that little snoopy dark cloud (laughs) seems to follow, you know, follow people around. and, And in reality, I think we forget that we have the ability to look up and and move that cloud and and see the sun behind it and to find joy and happiness in our life. So, mm-hmm. if I were to be, um, you know, to to point out anything, I, I would say that happiness can be found in families and relationships, and and I know that this is you know that this is true and and really what we all ought to be spending our time on, so that that the time that we have here on this earth is well spent and and enjoyable, and we leave that legacy to our families. Yes. Oh, you're speaking my language, <laughs> and which is why we've connected and why you're here on the show. Rebecca, you've identified through your experience and, and the connections that you've made, you've identified a few principles, and I would like to jump right into that. You've kind of led into one of them, and thank you for reminding me that the most important credential you have has to do with your family and key relationships. That's one of them, right? I think so, and I think another is just our agency, Mm -hmm. that we have to choose our experience in this life. We often get caught in the stories that we come into um, this world with, and we all have a story. We came from somewhere, and we inherited patterns from our family of origin that definitely play a role in our life. In fact, my father worked for many years in Washington, D.C., where I, I live today, mm-hmm. at the National Archives. And outside the National Archives is a statue. It's called the Heritage Statue, and it reads, The heritage of the past is the seed that brings forth the harvest of the future. And that wording um, I put inside uh, right in the front title page of Healing Your Family History because it is our heritage of the past that does bring forth the seed, um, or that is the seed that brings forth the harvest of our future. And yet, um, in the foreword of Healing Your Family History, Dr. Stephen Covey talks about our ability to... uh, to make a choice about how we perceive our heritage and decide that we want mm. to live out a different story. He gives a, a great um, personal story of being in Hawaii on sabbatical and being in a library and pulling a book off a shelf that just sort of, you know, literally almost fell into his, his, his hands as he was mm-hmm. standing at the shelf. And as he opened the pages, his eyes were drawn directly to a phrase that led him to think about our um, our agency to choose the way we perceive things. Mm-hmm. The, the wording he ran into, the quote said, between stimulus and response, there's a space. And in that space lies our freedom and our power to choose our response. And in yes. our response lies our growth and our freedom. And, you know, we're not like animals, you know, my completely you know we have pre-programming that come from our family of origins i have a wonderful chocolate lab and he's a lovely you know wonderful dog he's well behaved and happy and that's the nature of a lab Mm -hmm. but 
but I'm different than my animal, my dog, and that I get to choose my response. There's that space in between stimulus and response for our human race where we can um, pause and take in what what may be natural to us, the natural man, the, our natural um, response in our families of who we are and where we came from, and in that space lies our ability to choose a different response. And so yes. I would say, tying back to your material and the mission of this um, show that you, you know, is brilliant that you do to remind people to live on purpose, despite our heritage and despite what negativity or um, unhappiness might have come from our, our stories of where we came from, mm-hmm. we have the power to choose our response. And I think your, your question, tying yes. back is what's the principle that that I'm passionate about. I think it's that, just reminding us that we're not stuck in a story. Um, We're not a victim to the course of our life. We have the power to change. And through these wonderful principles you teach in pathological psychology, or or, I'm sorry, pathological positivity, we can can learn ways to do that. And and it's powerful and it's life-changing and it's it's important, very important. Mm -hmm. Oh, you and you brilliantly shared this quotation that originated from from Dr. Viktor Frankl, uh, who was interned in a Nazi concentration camp. And for him to say what he said about that freedom to choose, he called it the last of human freedoms, to choose your attitude in any given set of circumstances. Now, that's pretty powerful doctrine coming out of Auschwitz. Well, and it, you know, it's easy to believe, you know, it's, well, let's just say it's easy for a, someone who's been skinny all their life to tell someone to go on a diet, you know. Uh-huh. But when you've, when you've had to lose 300 pounds and you can tell someone how to be on a diet, you speak from a place of knowledge and, and, um, yeah. And I think that's what Viktor Frankl is saying here. Hey, I, I was in a concentration camp, and I'm telling you, you have a choice about you your story. still have a and, choice. Yeah, and, and we do. He's, he's absolutely right, and um, it's a powerful statement and a powerful book he wrote. And you're coming from an interesting perspective here, Rebecca. You've written a book tying this same principle into our family history and and being a shrink now i've i've been doing this for about 20 years i hear it all the time when people share their i I call it a victim story sometimes about their family and why their family has messed them up forever and why they they can't be happy and they blame their family or their history or their upbringing for it it's a very common theme but you're suggesting that there's another alternative, that maybe we don't have to be stuck in those stories. Well, I, yeah, I am. In fact, the book is a five-step process to break free of destructive patterns that keep us stuck. I, you know, I, I worked in my early married years when my children were young at night in a counseling center and doing probably similar work to what you do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I found a common theme, which was it didn't seem to matter if it was a marriage problem or a problem, you know, with work or finances. Um, 
child-rearing, whatnot, it seemed that the problem at hand tied back beyond what, for instance, beyond the, a couple relationship to the family of origin and the beliefs and the experience that people had in their early years. You know, for instance, a wife in her marriage struggling to get along with her husband, blaming her husband, having trouble there, but but having come from a divorce and lived in a home with an unhappy you know, unhappily married parents, parents and maybe father right. left. And it, it was very easy to see that the problem that she, you know, and, and I'm just giving a hypothetical story, but here, mm-hmm. you know, a, a patient would struggle in this relationship at, in, in present time, but I could very easily see that the conflict came from the family of origin and it, it was mm-hmm. well rooted back into that seed that we talked about yeah. and that the, the, the therapy would get directed there to solve the root problem. And as I researched, I found that it was pretty common knowledge in therapy and you'd have to tell me if you'd agree that mm. most of our issues originate from our family of origin, maybe 70% or so mm. um, was what I, you know, numbers that I came to from, from research. And so it's a, it's a very important topic we look at. And even if it's not serious issues of abuse and alcoholism and, you know, these types of critical issues that people suffer from, and that, right. those are certainly destructive family patterns, we have other destructive family patterns of thinking and some of them can tie right back to happiness, like, you Absolutely. know, believing that we can never have our needs met or mm-hmm. that it's it's bad to, um, you know, that there's, in fact, I have a, a someone in my world right now that I associate with on a professional level, and I can tell that the family of origin believe that life is hard because it doesn't matter what comes in front of her face, everything she interprets, even if it's not hard, she sees it as hard. And when we come from these belief systems that um, are, you know, can root a seed of unhappiness. These are what I call limiting beliefs. We want to go in and rework them and relook at, you know, is it true that life's always hard? Maybe it's only hard mm. some of the time, but not all the time, you know. Is Maybe. it true that um, that we don't deserve to get our needs met? Absolutely no. Just because at some point in our life we didn't get our needs met doesn't mean mm-hmm. that always we don't get our needs met. And these limiting beliefs can color the perception by which we see the world and leave us, as you say, you know, seeing that the glass is half empty instead of half full, and it it affects our ability to be happy. The, mm. the thing that's critical here, though, and I know I'm talking about all the things you talk about. <laughs> so I'm repeating what, what Dr. Jenkins says, everybody. So read his book. But, but now the, the thing that I feel that's so critical here. I, I said the most important job title I have is that of a mother. The hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world, right? right. So the important thing is most of what we communicate here in our life is done so nonverbally. And so when we're moms walking around with these weighted belief systems, mm-hmm. we unintentionally and nonpurposefully pass these on to our children who then carry on these stories because even though we may have told them one thing out of our mouth we've taught them something else through nonverbal communication and this is Mm -hmm. a problem and this is what the healing your family history looks at is how can we make these powerful changes in our 
thinking and belief systems within ourselves so that we then have the power to go in and and help support a new generation coming forward and leave a new legacy behind us. Wow, absolutely powerful ideas. Rebecca, you've set up the problem for us. As we come back from this break, we'll get into some of the solutions. Everybody stick with us. Thank you for listening to Live On Purpose Radio. We're so glad to have you here. Please come by the website, drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, drpauljenkins.com. On the website, you'll have an opportunity to receive a free download. And while you're there, make sure you click on the social media icons. Come over to Facebook, where we will be posting these episodes as well as our YouTube videos and other content and announcements for you to share. Please like us, comment, subscribe, join the conversation. We're happy to have you with us here at Live On Purpose Radio. Let's all support each other to live on purpose. DrPaulJenkins.com Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we have set up an enormous thing here, Rebecca, because from from your experience, from my experience, this is where a lot of people get stuck in those stories in their own head about their family, where they come from, how they were raised. And, and some of them, I don't think people would identify as stories. They're just belief systems kind of operating under the surface. It's like the template or the operating system that's driving everything else. And and it it gets us stuck, but it doesn't have to. I think that's what I got from our earlier conversation, Rebecca, that this doesn't have to keep us stuck. I, I think you believe that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the five-step process to break free of these destructive patterns. They we don't have to be held hostage to these belief systems, and there are simple, actually simple answers. Mm. And one is just awareness is more than half the battle. Oftentimes when we just make an awareness that we are behaving or doing something on a regular basis that's destructive, and when we see it clearly, we stand back and say, oh, my gosh, you know, I had, I had no idea. And mm. we quickly make a shift. And I do feel like a lot of change is just, you know, gathering more information and becoming aware and, and allowing ourselves to naturally make a shift. Oh, beautiful. Now, I'm taking notes now. So uh, you're going to share five of these with us. Is that right? Okay. So, yes. Yeah, so I will just give you, you know, my five, my five short, you know, I have to go get to the book to get more information, but okay. five short, simple answers to Break free of destructive patterns. One, awareness is more than half the battle, of, as I've just said. Okay. And just jumping in and knowing. Two, overcoming judgments and fears. And this is where we get just a little bit more personal into our family mm. story, and we need to just examine within ourselves what do we judge and what do we fear, because as we follow that trail, we do run into our uh, belief systems. It seems to be that our fears and judgments mm. guide us there. Now, this ties into your first one because I think sometimes we're not even aware of what those judgments and fears are. They just they operate kind of in the background. 
They do, and it's when they jump into therapy, I think some become more aware. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't have to be that you're working with your you know, local psychologist either. A lot of self-help books will help you with that. And right. again, the, the process of awareness, just beginning to, to becoming, just the process of becoming more emotionally intelligent mm-hmm. and paying mm-hmm. attention to what you feel on a regular basis. These are, it's a great self-help principle to just pay attention to your emotions and what you feel and even journal and write these ideas down. Yes. And trailing fears and judgments that are true, which means you've got to drop your own judgment of your own internal thinking and rhythm and just hear yourself say Mm -hmm. what you judge and what you fear. I'll give an example, too, to help with that. So... I, when I was, had, you know, young with little kids, well, mm-hmm. young, newly married with little kids, I, um, I had, I was throwing a shower for my sister-in-law, and my mother came over and popped in, and it was, the, it was, the shower was the next day, and I was scurrying around trying to clean, but I had a lot of little kids at home, mm-hmm. and she looked around my house and was really concerned about the condition of my house and that I was having a shower the next day. (laughs) And she had a very full schedule. And I have a wonderful mother. But she, um, that night, and she usually is always there to help me, but that night she was not able to stay, which grieved her more because she looked around and thought, she's having a shower, I can't stay in help, and I could see her stress level rising as she looked at the condition of the house. Mm-hmm. And as she left me, she just looked back and she said, well, Becky, don't forget the fingerprints on the, on the coffee table. And she shut the door. And oh. I remember being so upset and losing it and just turning around and yelling at my little children and crying and all this emotion came flooding forward. Oh, wow. And I thought, what? Ha- I, I paused and thought, I'm a professional in the field of psychology. I can't, what, what, what am I doing? What is going on? I'm screaming at my children. I know better. And yes. I, I paused and I said, what is, and this is just me being aware. I, I listened to myself inside myself say how I feel, felt. I just, like, I was a therapist to me, and I just mm-hmm. let myself roll. And I heard myself saying how I felt that I had to have a perfectly clean home in order to be good enough. Therein lies the judgment. Right, right. And, and I determined in that moment that my self-esteem and my value was not related to the cleanliness of my home. Mm. But I recognized that as a family pattern because I could see that my mother always placed that priority. Again, again I didn't grow up in a home where my mother and grandmother and her grandmother said, in order to be a good person, you will keep a clean home. <laughs> it wasn't I didn't, the mantra placed on the wall. or anything. It, it, it was subconsciously placed yeah. on the wall. It was the yeah. unwritten code of belief, right? And brought down from, from generations past, I'm sure. Yes. And, and wow. I, you know, I have great memories of going to my grandmother and great-grandmother's homes, and they were beautiful, clean, and there was great mm-hmm. food, too. And that was the other pressure right there for this event was I had not only had to clean, but I had to cook. I had this, you know, southern heritage coming um, in front of me, and I wasn't going to measure up. Right. And so I had to get aware of where those feelings were coming from and and why they were there, and then reevaluate the family belief. Am I really a good person if I 
buy mm. my food from Costco. And, you know, only the living room is clean when the people show up, you know. I mean, if can that, I do this right. differently and still be good enough? Absolutely, the answer is yes. Beautiful. And really, the problem isn't that about cleanliness. You know, cleanliness is a great and wonderful gift that did come from my family. Mm-hmm. It was the problem is I was placing my value on it. You know? Right. And like you said, overcoming judgments and fears related to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. So trace that, you know, um, next is getting past Groundhog Day. Sometimes we recognize our problems and we see our bad habits and we get up and we try to change them day after day. And we find that at the end of the day, we just get up and relive the same story over and over repeat again. Repeat it over and over. Mm-hmm. And and that's really a little bit, you know, that's where you probably want to go through the the question and answer in the back of Chapter 3 and look at those to kind of grab how you can fix that. But okay. But really, when all parts of us are willing to let go, we let go. And sometimes we hold on to the thing that doesn't work because we think it gets us what we want. So it's that devil that we know is better than the devil we don't know, you know. Oh, yeah. We think it gets us love. That's, we think that's what, you know love feels like or we think it gets us self-worth those are the common Mm -hmm. ones that we lead Mm -hmm. us to hold on to patterns and then the last two are i think are the happy chapters chapter four talks about finding the treasure you know and every trial of our life is a blessing a gift Um, we we learn from every even the worst family story like even in victor frankel's case even being in a concentration Mm mm-hmm can lead you to change your life and there are gifts and lastly and this is something that is is something within my belief system that i'm passionate about and that is making a spiritual connection or an intuitive connection Um, a lot of times others in our world will tend to know or think they know how to tell us to live our life and what what we need to do to be on purpose Mm-hmm. But much of that, or most of that, can come to us through our own intuitive or spiritual connection to know who we are and where we came from and to receive that divine assistance to heal and to connect and to become who we were meant to be. And strengthening uh, that, I think, is the final the final step. That is beautiful. Let me see if I've got these. So first is awareness. Awareness is more than half the battle, you said. Just becoming aware of these patterns and beliefs. I think every one of these things you talked about is grounded in belief. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I might add here, Rebecca, that beliefs are different from thoughts. And this is where some people get tripped up because they they don't even realize the belief is there. Thoughts are more of a conscious thing where you can say, yeah, I'm thinking this or that. And you can explain it to someone. But a belief comes in at a more subconscious level. Sub means below, like subway or submarine. Conscious means awareness. So it's below your awareness. You're not even aware of some of these things. And yet, you know, much of our thinking can even come out of those beliefs. You know, if I I believe life's hard, then my thoughts are going to be guided and directed to, to what's hard. Well, yeah. It's like the example you shared earlier with a with a basically negative perception of everything, or a basically positive. These are based on our beliefs, mm-hmm, those mm-hmm. subconscious beliefs. So awareness is half the battle. 
Number two was overcoming judgments and fears and identifying those patterns in our in our generations. Um, three, getting past Groundhog Day. Love that one. Uh, you can't keep doing the same things and expect a different outcome, right? Four, finding the treasure. Because hidden in every experience is something of value. And then five, making a spiritual intuitive connection. Did I get them? That's it. You got it. That's the five steps. Uh, so our <laughs> listeners can dive into this even deeper if they get a hold of your book. Um, tell us where they can where they can get that or get connected to you the easiest. Where would you like them to go? You can grab any of my books off Amazon, and Healing Your Family History is easy to get because it, um, it did go worldwide in different languages. So if you just um, type in Healing Your Family History or my name, Rebecca Hintze, H-I-N-T-Z-E, mm-hmm. online, you'll find that. And you can okay, go to my perfect. website, RebeccaHintze.com. Rebecca Hintze. Yeah. And so yeah. R-E-B-E-C-C-A. H-I-N-T-Z-E, and that's all one word, dot com. Yep. And I'm on your website right now, Rebecca, and I see that you've got a page for books. You've got some introductory material. Um, you've, uh, you've got a place where people can get connected to you through your, your health and wellness business and doTERRA. Um, there's a lot of resources there on your website that will help people to not only learn more about you, but figure out what are these principles that will help me to live more on purpose. And that's the exciting part, I think. We also have, we just came out with the top, at the top of this year, a 12-week program uh, called Essentially Happy. And oh, yeah. it offers um, an online, it's almost like a television program, but it dumps, um, when you register, you have access to that program for 12 weeks and it walks you through um overcoming depression naturally mental health issues naturally now not to replace what your doctors are doing or prescribing so this would be a complementary piece um to what is available but as you and i both know um the cost of therapy and treatment programs and whatnot are quite Mm -hmm. expensive so we offer a very low cost way for people to get this 12-week program um that will help people uh, with solutions for for mental health issues oh wonderful and, and thank we you do for have that. coming soon will be a, tw- uh, a five-week program on the material we just talked about so that will also oh, um, show yeah. up in the next six months so yep. so one for each week and if people yep. enroll and uh, subscribe to your uh, to your list there they'll they'll be notified when that comes out Yes, and actually, if they subscribe right away, there is a 30-minute um, content-packed video that they do receive that walks through solu- uh, mental health solutions, natural natural solutions that are available. So nice. Lots of content there, RebeccaHinsey.com. RebeccaHinsey.com, everyone. Go check it out. Get a hold of her books. Connect to be essentially happy. Rebecca, you're doing some great work. Thank you for joining us here at Live on Purpose Radio today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to connect with you 
Dr. Jenkins. I love, love, love your book. I opened it up and felt such a connection to every line that I read. And I, I think I mentioned to this to you before we got started that I was able to pull one of your important concepts out and use it myself recently, and that is just to remind people to get out of the stories they tell and be authentic. So I love it. Thank uh-huh. you for all that you do, and thanks for having me. Beautiful. Everybody, RebeccaHintsey.com. It's time to go out there and live on purpose.